أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين اللهم يسر ولا تعسر رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما رب زدنا علما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على محمد وعلى آل محمد في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد I'll praise you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We thank him, we glorify him we send our salutations to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Dear respected brothers and sisters, we continue our journey and our discussion. Um, today we're just going to look at the importance of uh, <coughs> knowledge and also how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made mention of it in the Quran. Our aim is to ponder over the meaning and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made serious or important, then we also need to look at it likewise. It is very important in most cases, as we made mention in our previous discussion, reading the Quran as part of learning is very good, important. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said whoever reads the Qur'an and read it well, Allah will raise the person among the gathering of angels. But those who read the Qur'an struggle, go forward and backwards with the tiredness, with the challenges, but they persist and keep going, they get two rewards. That is in terms of reading and understanding, or reading and also uh, learning. But in general, when we look at the Quran, in most cases, we read it on two or two reasons. Number one, we read it for ibadah. We read it to get reward. Number two, we read it so that we can understand and know the rules and regulations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent so that we can orchestrate, we can act upon it. Now, for you to always read the Quran, memorize, and just read for ibadah, if you are not careful, it can lead you to bid'ah. It can lead you to, the, to Allah's punishment. As the Prophet ﷺ said, Some people, they read the Quran while the Quran is cursing them. How is it so? Because they don't care to understand the Quran and practice what Allah has commanded them to do. So when you read the Quran, you don't only read the Quran for ibadah, for getting reward, but you read the Quran to also understand it and act upon it. Now, we're going to start our discussion on the importance of, of knowledge by itself. Then we will proceed from there to look at the importance of teaching and also importance of learning. So our starting journey will be 
importance of knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Shahid Allahu annahu la ilaha illahu wal malaikatu wa ulil ilmi qa'iman bil qist. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Shahid Allah, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Shahid bears witness Allah ilaha illahu that there is no God worthy of worship but him. Allah is saying out of his knowledge he testified that there is no God but him. There is no one that is of qualification of being worshipped but him. He is the only one. But in this testimony, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us some sort of status, you might call it. Status in a way that not only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about regarding himself and associates someone to it, it means that particular person is going to get what we call sharaf. That person is going to be lifted up in a level. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he said, he bears witness, he testified that there is no God worthy of worship but him. And then he then said, the other creation who also have this testimony are malaika, wal malaika, and the angels, which means the angels also confirms and bear witness and testify that there is no one but Allah. There is no one worthy of worship but Allah. Only Allah deserves to be worshipped. Now, Allah spoke about himself, وَثَنَّ And then he added his angels. And now he is going further to see who is also qualified to be in this gathering of testimony. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَأُولُوا ilmi," And those who have knowledge. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has associated himself and the angels and those who have knowledge. Which means, if you have knowledge, Allah is saying you are in the best of company as he bears witness and testify about himself. Angels also do the same. And those who have knowledge will also be in this category. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us how important knowledge is to the extent those who have knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala associated themselves, associate them with himself and the angels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also continue to tell us about the importance of knowledge where he was saying in the Quran again in Surah Al-Mujadala, يَرْفَعَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْإِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ Allah will indeed raise الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ Those who believe amongst you, Allah will raise them in the highest level. Allah loves such people and he is going to bring them closer to him. But not only them, and also, وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْإِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْإِلْمَ And those who were given knowledge, they will also be raising in front of Allah darajat in the sense of uh, levels of what status in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there are some people that will be given status in front of Allah. Among them are those who believe and those that have been given knowledge. So now the question is, are you among this group? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala associated them with him when it came to the testimony. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said also, such people will be elevated. They are going to be given status. Now the question is, are you among them? If not, how can you meet that? How can you be part of this gathering? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said also in Surah Al-Zumar, قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Say, O Muhammad, say to them, those who know and those who don't know, are they equal? Of course, the answer is no. They are not. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only he gave us some sort of isharat of darajat that those who were given knowledge will be having, but he even asked whether we should ponder over and see are they really the same? Definitely no. Those who have knowledge are not equal with those do, that do not have knowledge. That is then where we need to start our discussion. How can we be in the best of gathering? How can we be among those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with? How can we be able to maintain this environment where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving some portion of his creation, some sort of darajat, some sort of le levels, how can we meet that? For indeed, those who know and those who do not know are not the same. You cannot compare a person who is alive and the one who dies. We are not the same. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, to affirm all this, Considering the previous verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, those who believe and those that were given knowledge, Allah is going to raise them in the highest level. He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then said in Surah Al-Nisa, uh, in Surah Al-Fatir, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ If you want to know those who have iman, if you want to know who are the believers, if you want to understand who were those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always invite with a special invitation, he said, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. Indeed, those who have iman, those who fear Allah more, are those that have knowledge. Al-ulama. Those with the knowledge are those that have iman. What is this telling you regarding the knowledge? Because the Prophet is saying, if you know what I know, you will cry more and laugh a little. So, just imagine an animal that was bought from the farm. You have a date and the time you want to slaughter this animal. But you decided to make sure that you want to fatten it a little bit. So you gave him more food, more water, with the animal at that moment, he is of joy because he's having enough food, not knowing it is for a purpose. So, those who do not have knowledge, when it comes to iman, when it comes to action, they are like these goats 
that does not know why what is coming to them is coming. But those who have Iman, whatever situation they find themselves in, they can see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it. Example. A person with Iman, as the scholars were saying, لو يعلم إنسان الرحمن If a person knows who is Ar-Rahman, who is Allah, يلقى الشرور ضاحك لإنسان If a person understands who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, يلقى الشرور He will be in difficulties. He will be in troubles. All his affairs are turning upside down. But you see him always smiling, always happy. Why? Because he understood whatever goes up will come down. He understood after the night comes the day. He understood after the day comes the night. He understood that indeed whatever difficulty that comes to him, there is going to be an ease as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, after every difficulty, there is an ease. Even the Prophet said, not only one, but you get double when you go through difficulty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not only he is going to take you out of that difficulty in this dunya, but also Allah will reward you for the uh, patience that you got regarding the difficulties you went through. So you got double the reward. One difficulty, double the reward. So if you know it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who rewards, who gives, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that is taking you out of the troubles that you are. Whatever situation you find yourself in, you will take it easy because you know, indeed, Allah will bring an ease. When you look in our life, you compare to the life of the Prophet Look at the challenges he faced in Mecca. With all difficulty. If you remember the year that they call the year of difficulty. Three years that they got embargo, boycott. No one buys or sells to them. No one marries from them. No one deal with them from Mecca for three years. When they went through that difficulty, it did not stop them. But from there, he lost his wife and also lost his ankle. But when all these things happened, the difficulties that the Prophet ﷺ went through, what happened after that was amazing. He was just a member in Mecca. He was not the leader of Mecca. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned the coin around, not only he got a city that he is in charge of, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the power to even come back and take over Mecca. So after every difficulty, there is an ease. As after the night comes the day. So whoever understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person that understands who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, he will face difficulty 
but you see him always happy. And who will be able to understand this concept apart from those that Allah has given knowledge? That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, indeed, those who fear Allah more are those that have knowledge. So it's very important to have this sort of understanding. Allah is giving us isharat to understand the importance of seeking knowledge and also being able to have the knowledge will give us the opportunity to be able to understand Allah and Allah's doing and that will be the purpose where your iman will increase as he said innama yakhshallahu min ibadihi al ulama those who fear Allah among his servants are the scholars Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that in surah al-fatir Allah also spoke to us in surah an-nisa regarding knowledge but in this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to those who have knowledge and even brought them closer to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wala waraduhu ila ar-rasul wa ila al-ulil amr minhum la'alimahum alladhina yastanbituna minhu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now is bringing us closer or bringing the scholars closer to the prophets in terms of some qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the prophets with this we're looking at what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said regarding knowledge as well when it come to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there are lots to talk about but we're going to look at just some few as our aim is to look at importance of knowledge from there then we look at those who are trying or striving to pass the knowledge and also those that are trying their best to seek the knowledge the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said indeed man yuridullahu bihi khairan yufaqihu fi ad-din whoever allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants good for if allah loves you and wants something good for you he will inform you or teach you or make it easy for you to have the deen to have knowledge ilmul fiqh here or to have the knowledge that will be of benefit if allah loves you so when you see someone that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given knowledge they are acting upon it they live their life according to the knowledge then that tells you such a person allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves such a person that is the saying of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in another narration the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying al ulama warathatul anbiya al ulama warathatul anbiya scholars are those who inherit the prophets as we know prophets are not inherited no one can inherit a prophet because prophets are coming for the nation for their people so when a prophet dies no one inherits them they don't leave anything behind for someone to say because my dad is a prophet automatically i have to be a prophet and for that matter respect me because of that no but the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying al ulama you see the scholars warathatul anbiya wiratha when it comes to the wiratha of the prophethood scholars are those who carry their inheritance because they are those who carry the the the, 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 the work that the prophets have come with in terms of guidance in terms of directing people to do the right thing 
So the Prophet said regarding the scholars, Al ulama warasatul anbiya. So it's up to you to ask if they are the inheritors of the prophets. Where do you stand? Are you part of those who inherit the prophets or what? The idea here is we want to make sure that we take advantage. As the Prophet is saying, إِذَا أَتَى عَلَيَّ يَوْمٌ لَا أَزَادَ عَلَيْهِ لَا أَزَادَ فِيهِ إِلْمًا يُقَرِّبُنِي إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فَلَا بُورِكَ لِي فِي طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ When a day comes in my life, a day that comes in my life that I did not get any knowledge that get me closer to Allah, that day has not been blessed. On that day, that means the day will be the worst of days for me. The day is not blessed. So we need to understand when it comes to our life, as the scholars always say, وَكُنْ مُسْتَفِيدًا كُلِّ يَوْمٍ زِيَادَةً Make sure that at every single day when you wake up, there is something new that you're going to add in your understanding and also your, what will make you a better person when it comes to knowledge. With all this that we made mention, the Prophet ﷺ also spoke about the scholars by saying, فَضَلُ الْعَالَمِ عَلَى الْعَابِدِ كَفَضْلِي عَلَى عَدْنَا رَجُلٌ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ The level and the status of a scholar upon those that do not have knowledge, but they are among those that do worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is like me and my companions in terms of the difference between myself and my status and my companions, which means that the difference is really vast for a person who has knowledge and someone who is always worshipping Allah, but he does that without knowledge. In another narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, the difference between a scholar is like... Uh, uh, the, the, the difference between the moon when it is on the 14th day and the rest of the stars. Which means that a scholar is far ahead when it comes to status compared to the other people. So now, if these are all fadail, these are all um, treasures and these are all uh, status that Allah has given knowledge and those that have knowledge, what do we want to have where are we sticking to when we look in this society of ours? To conclude, just to draw our attention on this. You go home as adults, ask yourself simple question. Because we have something that we call fard. Al-fardul kifaya or fardul ayn. When we say fardul ayn, anything that is compulsory upon every individual and they have to do it regardless of the situation. No one is doing it on their behalf unless some conditions that they will find themselves in. But when we say Fard al-Kifaya, we're talking about things that are considered compulsory, but even though they are compulsory, but if some part of the society has taken the mandate and act upon it, the rest of the people in the society are free. They don't need to do it. Now, Fardul Ayn, example, like our five daily prayer. Fardul Kifaya, example, will be like the funeral prayer. Now, when it comes to having a knowledge and acting upon it and serving the Ummah, is Fardul Kifaya, as long as everyone in the society 
can or will be able to practice their deen with the basic knowledge that they got. Which means that if the whole society, the whole community that we live in, if everyone decided my child has to be a doctor or an engineer, no one cares about the deen, no one cares about the Quran, no one cares about bringing up their children to have the deen and be able to serve Allah. The whole society has committed a sin and Allah will hold them responsible on the day of Qiyamah. So always when we think, let's think outside the box. It's okay to have your child being a doctor but memorize the Quran and knows the deen and he can serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing wrong with a child being an engineer, but he can serve the deen and can be an imam in the local masjid. There's nothing wrong with being a pilot and still having the knowledge of the deen. So in reality, don't put all your effort and energy on only dunya. You want your children to be A, B, C when it comes to dunya, but you don't care about akhirah and whatever that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planned for those who have knowledge and those that have served the deen. So what we draw in our attention here, you can ask yourself very simple question. This will be isharat that will keep going. Keep asking yourself this question. From January till now, ask yourself, how much have you spent on your children's school fees? If your children have extracurricular activity, ask yourself, how much have you spent if they play soccer? How much have you spent if they go for boxing? How much have you spent if they go for any exercise or taekwondo or whatever? Compare what you spent on that with what you spent for them to learn Quran. Your energy and time, where are you spending it? You will be able to tell yourself your plans for akhirah, what you've done between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing wrong with all this extracurricular activity, but the problem is when you do all that and you forget about Allah and Akhirah, that is where the issue comes. You cannot eat your cake and have it. There's no possible. You can't eat your cake and have it. When you spend your time on dunya, you will get dunya. You cannot say, I want to live a life in Australia or America. I want to have the best of cars and best of houses and I want to die next to the Kaaba. It's not possible. You cannot be that religious when all your energy and time is devoted for the dunya. If you want to achieve akhirah, you need to work for it. So working for it means we need to start checking how much are we spending. How much did you spend? From January till now, have you spent $10 just for the deed? Wallahi, there you will understand your business with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said, when it comes to the day of Qiyamah, the assessment in terms of reward and punishment is very simple. All good deeds are going in tens, multiply with up to 700, and it goes on. Bad deeds are singles, but you will be surprised when you go and see more bad deeds than the good deeds. Because you do not and never care to check about your akhirah. You don't invest in that. So if we don't, the point is we're going to waste our time 
and we're going to waste the time of our children and we meet Allah, punishment awaits us. So let's wake up. Let's start from now. Let's change. Let's see how best we can save Allah and also be able to achieve the dunya. So in a nutshell, this is just a short reminder for all of us. Let's start asking the time and energy, the effort that we put on what we do. How much do we do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If we can input or if you can add more in that, then inshallah we will be working for akhirah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu Allah ilaha illa anta wa nastakfiruka wa natubu ilik. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursal.